Good evening. A worker is fighting for life in hospital tonight after an accident involving a crane in Bayswater. The machinery hit a power line this afternoon. There's a guy on a uh, cherry picker who just exploded. For those who saw it Friday. So I'm in downtown Sharonville. A man is on fire. What happened to two men in this lift is almost unimaginable. And what is on fire? A man. Sharonville police say this green lift hit the power lines above Main and Walnut. Tradius tonight in hospital after a severe electric shock. His survival put down to the quick actions of his workmates and the skill of specialised emergency rescue crews. A delicate operation to get a man to hospital in a fight for his life. I had to have some uh, immediate therapy that got his heart started again and um, once that was achieved then we uh, moved into another phase of uh, affecting his removal from that roof space. Hey guys, Steve Smith here from Crane Safety Products and welcome to Behind the Hook. Today we talk with Carl Rosewarn and Shane Ballingall from Protective Innovations. So what do Protective Innovations do? Well, Protective Innovations, high voltage proximity alert systems and a few other features as well. So let's get stuck right in and chat to the boys from Protective Innovations. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you doing? Good afternoon, mate. Good afternoon, Steve. How are you going? Good, good. Absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast this afternoon. And um, one of the main reasons for getting you on the podcast is, well, not only you are a fantastic supplier to a really, really good crane safety supplies company, you also do a pretty bloody good product or products, product range. Um, so before we get in to the product range. What can you tell us about the birth of the product, about the birth of Protective? Yeah, well, um, so I, uh, I was a chairman of a safety committee for a, for a, uh, a utility company and uh, for quite a number of years and, and also a lead, in, lead investigator for electrical um, incidents. And uh, the biggest thing that I found going through the the whole process of the investigation the after meetings the you know the round table discussions and of where we go now i think the the biggest outcome and disappointment for me on a repetitive basis was the um the seeming paperwork solution that was being you know offered there was never ever any thought behind an engineering or an engineered solution to the problem that was clearly in front of everybody at the table on various occasions, and that was the human factor. <clears throat> so I, over a matter of weeks, I, uh, I managed to sit back and think about how a system could be created that would remove intentionally the human factor from all its inadequacies like such as uh, you know um, complacency and distraction and of you know first world problems of having your mobile phone going off consistently and all that sort of thing just for that moment in time that you lose Definitely. concentration on what you're supposed to be doing um, that ultimately you know can cost you your life and or the lives of other people around you as well so um, I, I, I came up with an idea and I sat down and, and nutted something out in its, in its purest form and 
and then sat on it for for a little while, um, thinking about how to bring it to market and not really having a um, you know a, a huge um, corporate background, being mostly you know an employee type um, background and from electrical engineering side of things and high voltage. Um, I led me to meet with Shane on a on a particular role that we were doing also over here, um, the compliance program. And uh, once again, through frustrations of, of various aspects of that, we we sat down and said, "Geez, you know, we need that uh, you need that one idea that's going to fix everyone's problems, you know, one step at a time." And uh, and I mentioned to Shane, I said, "Look, I, I kind of do have one of those." And, uh, and I've done a little bit of groundwork behind it and ran the idea by Shane. And, and then we basically created Protective Innovations as the mother company um, to hold IP and things like that. So we, we sat down and put our heads together and Shane with his business background and helped set up the company and, and set up all of the things. And because he's um, also got an electrical mind as well, we were able to, uh, you know, create you know, the version one of this product, you know, with the assistance of, uh, of one of our, um, our key employees. And uh, we now have, through our latest iteration of um, in, uh, engineering team members, we've, we've managed to take that to the latest product, which is the version two that we released this year, um, to a level that even I couldn't comprehend, you know, back in 2012 when I first thought of this idea. So I'm super proud of um, everything that the team has done and where we've gone so far. It's just been fantastic. And and we've got all of the products that, that we do now is literally about where possible removing the human factor. Um, because, you know, let's just, let's just face it, you know, we, life, with all the technologies that we have, you know, has become a lot more complicated than it ever was, um, which usually shows itself in uh, in the form of distractions. For sure, for sure. Look, we still crash planes, don't we? You know, we do. So we yeah, we get complacent, right. and we, you know, uh, unfortunately, um, uh, the the distractions in life can can come in and and, and cause a real real danger so back in 2012 you found that hole in the market and you've you've developed to now so rather than bury a problem in red tape you've you've tackled it on head first with engineering and a lot of common sense yeah look it just and that's what was lacking i believe you know i i literally solved this problem in a period of a couple of weeks of thinking about it and a few beers (laughs) <laughs> just as you as you do, you know, <laughs> sitting there going scratching your scratching the stubble on your head and and thinking like how how do we how do we do this? So, you know, the idea started really really simply and uh, and we just go well how do I make this little simple product connect to this complicated product and give it some form of intelligence and um, and yeah so that was. That was fantastic. I think back in back in 2012, I was a party to a meeting where there was a number thrown around at that stage, and it was something around 1,400, 1,400 and something um, people over that prior 12 months had actually been killed on a global level from contacting power lines with machinery. 
And and I thought at that point in time that was excessive. You know, that was mm. it was like, wow, that geez, over a thousand people are dead now because of, you know, driven their machine into a power line for some silly reason. So the the crazy thing is that in the period from 2012 to when Shane and I started to get some, you know, global interest in this product or these product ranges, you know, we, the statistics that were coming back were were profound, you know, like they, they'd they literally grown to well over bloody three, four, four thousand, seven hundred and thirty-two in 2018, 19 was Shit. the total number of facilities. So, and I'm just thinking, and I said to Shane, I said, look, you know, I, we can't we can't save everybody, you know. Like the the thing is, that we we do the best we can as as we're only human ourselves. But um, the biggest thing that our product does for for industries that work around power lines um, is that it gives them the tap on the shoulder to that momentary that momentary thing, whether it's either a a machine override system or whether it's an alert system only. Um, it still provides that that instantaneous distraction break, yeah. so snaps people out of thinking not what they're supposed to be doing and just go, hang on, geez, what was that? What? Well, geez, my machine stopped. Why did it stop? You know, yeah. what was that siren blasting in my ear for? You know, like, and yeah. stops them looking at their phone or pervin on the chick walking down the footpath at the time, you know, or whatever. Whatever or just rely you know, on on the spotter at the time, you know. I, I get this. Who, who I get this quite often. The chick on the side of the footpath. That's the, right. That's <laughs> right. Or his phone at the time, which is you a know? classic thing. So, I've got my spotter there. He's watching what I'm doing. Yeah, you that's know? right. Yeah, exactly. He's scratching his ass, looking at his phone, thinking about yeah. lunch. Just wants to go yeah. home. You know. And there's literally, you know, no <laughs> one's taken into account, you know, parallax error as well. If you're standing on the ground, you can't actually see the true relation of where. A, where a machine is in relation to a power line. I mean, you exactly. just can't. So, and it all comes down to the height of the spotter as well, if you wanted to get yeah, into the nitty-gritty yeah. of the actual, yeah. of you the know, actual view. If, you know, if you're four foot five versus seven foot tall, you're, you're 10 metres, oh, yeah, that's 10 metres is going to be dramatically different. Yeah, and those so, two views are going to be dramatically different from the actual truth. Exactly, 100%. So, look, the biggest thing is, you know, it, our, our solution is is as good as what it can possibly be with the technology that's available in on the planet at the moment you know we've we've utilized the absolute full mil spec of everything there's so much intelligence in in these devices now that it just it's it astounds me it's way above my my level of knowledge from back in 2012 you know it's been uh, been a heck of a journey and but really exciting and it's um, just getting more and more exciting every day as we actually see these pieces of equipment starting to become a part of people's conversations and also a part of their daily lives on their on their own machines or, or um, machines that they're purchasing from OEMs. Yeah and it's the same sort of principle around why I got in business for myself as well is to to try and keep other people safe or have an input in other people's safety because if i'm supplying something that any old joe blow can supply i don't see the advantage of me helping that customer out i want to be able to be an asset to my end users business keep them 
safe. You know, it's what what we do with other products within our range, and it's why we have you guys in our ranges for this very reason. You know, it's a product that makes a difference. And that's exactly you know, right, and, and that's why we're you know we're really happy to partner with you know people like yourself um, that are like minded, and and we're all trying to if whichever product gets out there, it doesn't really matter as long as it works, it does what it's what the brochure says it does. And uh, and it does that every single time you turn the machine on. I mean, that's that's everything that you guys stand for, and everything that we stand for. And that's uh, you couldn't wish for anything better than that. Yeah. Well, ultimately, the, the products are at the the point where you hope they never get used in their entire life. So we hope that every system we send out the door never gets activated, never never goes off in its entire life. But the one time that it does, you need to make sure it absolutely is going to. Mm. Yeah, and unfortunately, in our industry, it's um, uh, in the markets that we supply into. Uh, it's the phone call after it's all too late. And I, I keep on trying to explain this to my end users uh, in the fact that don't call me once you've had a strike on your machine. Don't call me once you've hurt somebody. Don't call me once somebody is killed it's all too late then of course we will help you but listen to me now you know and investing in 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 the protective innovations product range is an investment in the future you know so so yeah. let's let's run over the product range so what uh if you could if you could run over what uh for our listeners, what we have within the protective innovations range, and and what sort of markets they they or sectors that that would sit in. Absolutely. So uh, our our core product, as uh, Carla mentioned, is the Go Up Safely range. So we're currently up to Go Up Safely version two, which is the new version released this year. So ultimately, that's a uh, high voltage power line detection and control interface system. So it's actually designed to install the sensors on the machine, detects the proximity of power lines, uh, and not only alerts the operator, but also monitors the, the movements of the machine uh, and ultimately stops the machine from proceeding too close to that power line. Uh, so the idea being it's not just detecting it, but also stopping you from, uh, from hitting it, but still allowing motion in the opposite direction. So if you're moving uh, to the right towards the power line, detect it, the operator sees it, they then have the opportunity to go left and move away from the power line safely. Uh, so uh, that's, uh, you know, products, as you said, the version two has been, been uh, put out this year. Uh, ultimately, we've had go up safely version one in the market for probably two and almost two and a half years now. Mm. Um, and uh, that's uh, got us into quite a number of uh, global OEMs uh, and also some of the smaller OEMs and, and also quite a few higher fleet operators and people like that um, ultimately looking for, for power line protection. So, uh, and that's something we expect will continue, particularly this year. Um, it, I think we'll see a lot more OEMs starting to offer uh, these kind of solutions as, as an option. Uh, and also start to see more of it on, on, I think, quite a few of the higher fleets as well. So, We're starting to get a lot more traction in uh, the civil and earth moving side of things, which especially yes. like your, your, your truck and dog tips, 
and stuff like that uh, to stop any any sort of uh, arc uh, interference there or, or electrocution there through through the truck and dog through the vehicle. Um, so that that's one sort of application. Um, so they can go on excavators, cranes, anything really, any mobile they equipment. Can, they can actually be connected to any any single machine that has the capability of reaching a power line um, inadvertently. So um, you know we're trialling some some trucks in um, in New Zealand at the moment. Um, there's a fairly large fleet of trucks over there. The, the company is approached us and said that they have an inherent problem of hitting power lines. Um, we've had experience with that here locally in, in WA. Um, but it's not so much the it's not so much the immediate danger, it's the it's the flow on effect. Like um, um, particularly, you know, like my my wife works for the utility company here and um, she was uh, telling Shane and I a story we'd heard about this incident via the news, but the actual the details were, you know, didn't come to light at that point in time. But even though the truck driver actually survived um, the um, hit on the on the power line, the power line was it actually managed to get all three phases to hit his uh, hit his truck and not just one wire, um, which is more than often the case. Um, but the the ramifications of that was that actually that incident shut down 26 suburbs. Yeah, yeah. So you know, and they were off for quite some time. You know, it's a, it's a big a big flow on effect. You know, it, it, many 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 if, lives that were put put in danger. And if like just from an operator point of view, if if you're lucky enough to cheat death when you're playing around with this sort of voltage, and you come out okay, you be reasonably burnt, of course. But just the psychological thing of wanting to go back to work. How could that operator ever sit behind a wheel again? You know, yeah, exactly. especially when he's got a family to provide for, medical bills stacking up, that sort of thing. You know, for the sake of an investment in a product, it'd stop all of it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it it's just it it affects families, everything. You know, it's not just the person that's involved; it's the family that's got to put up with the person as well because they're obviously they're emotionally changed. Um, you know, from what they were, it's it's a huge flow on effect. Totally. Yeah, and it's, it's far more far more common than we we realise. I think um, around Australia, there is I think people wouldn't realise how many accidents happen where there's no fatality. You know, there's there's it's 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 on a weekly basis. It is these across different states. Um, so and we're constantly at, at least every week hearing about several yeah. that have happened in yeah. various locations yeah and they get away with it i mean they, mm. and that's the thing that's the the worst part of it is that um you know they do get away with it um another key feature on on our product is uh, the ability to record um incidents as well and it also has a reporting function so uh, you can have a, a manager in an office be notified that this particular machine has just had an incident um on and date and time location stamp and the whole box and dice really or so, miss so or, you know, we've yeah. probably all seen the scenario where an operator's out there and and you know it doesn't quite come in contact it goes oh that was close and oh, i'll quickly move that away and they won't tell the supervisor and then they pack up and drive off mm. yeah no you see you see you hear nothing 
yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Right. So capturing that as well is, you know, is is a key key function because that person, if they keep doing that, you, you know, human nature is you get away with it once or twice, you keep doing it, and then one day they might not get away with it. Yeah, you play with fire, you're going to get burnt. It's, you know. Yeah, exactly. well, that's it, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is a very unforgiving, um, invisible force. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, I spent uh, two and a half years working in, in Africa um, as a, the electrical superintendent for a mine over there. And, uh, you know, we we're constantly getting call outs for, for all sorts of incidents that I, I will never forget the time that I, the, the mine site had lost power and, at 2.30 in the morning, you get the phone call and you go out, drive the line, and, and then to find, you know, find the, the cause of the, the fault was uh, was the aluminium ladder leaning up against the, the power lines with, the, with the, the body of a fella with his pliers in his hand up there trying to cut the power line um, on 33 kV. Jesus. Uh, that was set to, um, that was set to seven shot. So on the recloser, so basically it, it reclosed seven times before it locked out. Jesus. So, you know, we were trying to remove his remains from the, from the power line, which was still frozen in situation, at, you know, at like three o'clock in the morning where, you know, the hot sticks and stuff that you're using are just going through the body because mm. it was just charcoal. Just you know, was, and, and yeah, like the smell and the shit falling down on your face and, Look, it's look, you know, it's it's something that's changed that changes your life when you have a, a personal experience like that. Um, you know, it's it, yeah, it's just it's not nice. So like that sort of reinforced everything that I stood for in mm. trying to prevent it's not that sort of stuff because you can't fix that. But it's 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 an issue that can happen inadvertently with skilled operators here in in our first world country, you know, with modern technologies and 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 uh, skills and training and stuff like that, and people still take shortcuts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So for those who don't know the product, what what is it, basically? Obviously, without giving away any trade secrets, is it manual yeah. mount, is it rapid mount? Uh, how, how does it work? What does it do? Yeah, so essentially, as far as uh, mounting on the machine, there's several different scenarios, but quite a few of the ones we have out there is just magnet mounted. Um, they've uh, put them on with magnets and occasionally bond them on with a uh, with an epoxy under the magnets, but you just have a sensor, which is not much larger than the average mobile phone these days. Um, and that sensor mounts in various locations on the machine. Your typical machine, like a, uh, a pick and carry crane, typically has four sensors. Uh, an excavator has two or three. A uh, tipper truck typically has two. Uh, and these sensors are solar powered and totally independent. So they've got a little solar panel on the top. They've got a battery inside them. There's no wires at all. There's no, no wires to get tangled up or ripped off or anything like that. Uh, they've then got a rubber mount, so it isolates them from vibration and, and impact and anything else that can affect them. And then that sensor is literally the only thing sitting out in the elements of the system. Uh, the sensors communicate wirelessly on our own wireless protocol, which we have, which was originally designed for military use. Uh, so they all communicate back to a base controller, which looks like most of the electronic modules under the bonnet of your car. 
uh, and that is what plugs into the uh, controls for the control interface. Uh, and then you just have a, a wiring harness or wiring connections that are uh, suitable for the particular machine type that's going on to. So the basis of the technology is, as well, Steve, is that um, that sets it aside in in the industry is that um, our system has a pretty high level microprocessor in it that actually takes all of the the details of the data from the electric field, um, filters it. Um, monitors over a couple of microseconds and um, determines what frequency it is um, and it will actually awesome. so it will not detect or will not alert for anything that's not 50 hertz or 60 hertz plus or minus two percent so anything outside of 50 or 60 hertz plus or minus two then uh, it determines that as being fake or false and it won't won't alert um, and allow the operator. So any sort of interference, radio interference, mobile phones, you know, um, garage door openers, all of that sort of stuff, it literally won't even won't even acknowledge them. So um, it's it's very unique, super intelligent, um, and that's how it sort of gives you that um, there is no false positive scenario, um, unlike a lot of the other products on the market where they do have false positive scenarios. We do hear that a lot. We get that a lot. The thing rings, it tips off all day. I end up ignoring. That's so exactly right. You and don't that's get what we, any of that with one, your product. That's that's exactly what we wanted to try and achieve when we designed this system. Is like literally to, when I said remove the human factor, and that has so many different angles. And the the, the main angle, obviously, with that was obviously to remove you know distractions and things like that in the in the workplace, but also the ability or the requirement for the operator to become frustrated with any particular system to the point where he just goes look i'm just going to un unplug this bloody thing it's annoying the shit out of me yeah, so making it too hard uh, and to that's do my job. and look i've been in situations yeah. you know where it's like you know I, I have the same thing as a reversing sensor on my car you know every time i'm backing out of the bloody garage it seems to see the gutter for some yeah. reason and, sounds like and you're playing it's only for like two seconds of my life, but it's at six o'clock in the morning and I just couldn't be bothered. So the first thing I do, I get in the car, put it in reverse and turn the parking sensors off <laughs> just so that I can reverse out the driveway in peace. You know, <laughs> you know, it's like it's a real thing. So um, our system is great like that. You know, when you're out there, you're trying to do your job. You just want to you just want to be told about doing your job. You don't want to be told about your neighbor's job. You don't want to be. You know, you, this system can operate in in amongst you know 40 or 50 other machines on a on a work site, and within you know the same vicinity, and it won't they won't. There's no crosstalk. There's no nothing. They're all independent program systems. Um, they're self-monitored and self-managed as well. So um, they uh, the onboard sensors and that um, have a uh, onboard the microchip. They actually have a a an analysis that will actually watchdog talk between the base control unit and each sensor that, are, that tells its status. So it's always constantly looking for its um, uh, battery capacity, its charging ability, the sensing um, and the communications as well. So if any of those things break down over a period, I think it's from memory is about 300 milliseconds, something like that every pole. Um, it sends a little packet of data down to the base control unit and says, hey, I'm okay, thumbs up. 
um, continue on with your stuff. If it says that there's a there's something or an anomaly with any of the sensors, it sets off an alarm. So it says, hey, one of the sensors has gone down. Um, you need to go and check this or do a system restart and see if it goes away. If not, ring us and let us know. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So that's so that, that's that, the guts. That is that is Gus. So we also have uh, a couple of other other products as well uh, for the personable wearable market. Yes, yes. So uh, the key key one in that being the eLert range. So we've got the eLert wearable and uh, and the safety helmet versions, uh, and that essentially takes the technology from the detection sensors out of go up safely and puts it into a personally worn device, uh, which is specifically targeted to the likes of line workers, tree pruners, you know, people that are, are working in the proximity of, of high voltage that want that uh, personal detection and alarm when they're getting, you know, when they're getting close. Or even if, you know, if you have a line worker who is working on a line that they believe is isolated and for whatever reason a switching error happens and that line gets switched back on, then they get an alarm straight away that says, hey, that line that you're near is now switched on. Uh, because quite a number of times we've heard, of, and I've, I've even seen it myself being in the industry from many years back where uh, suddenly a line has been, the wrong line has been switched back on and you're standing there working, all of a sudden everything above you is live. Mm. Uh, so that really serves as a um, as a tap on the shoulder for the, the personnel, and, that, and that's for the scenario where you wouldn't necessarily have a gust system uh, go up safely system on that particular machine that they're on. So it takes the so gust technology, yeah. puts it in a wearable or a clip-on device. So people yeah. like tree loppers would be a massive advantage uh, yeah. for this as well. So yeah, look, and and it also it detect it does detect even though that the like e the wearables and stuff are designed to detect. Uh, a much lower voltage as well so they will detect whatever voltage you approach um you know up to you know 500 600 kv from probably about 100 meters 200 meters away but um but it, what what it will also give you is the ability for people like plumbers and um meter readers and things like that are approaching a switchboard or or a um a tap you know they can put the Put the little wearable against the, the the metal surface, and it'll tell you whether there's 240 volts on there or not um, before you actually reach out and grab it. So, like the Gus, can uh, can the customer get a customizable solution for a, a particular range within the wearables? Like the the wearable signal side of things is is predetermined by the antenna size. Um, it's it's literally. Uh, it's not as customizable um, as what the what the full size gas system is. It's the very in order to get it so small, you know, we had to take a lot of the exactly. super intelligence out of it, um, obviously, and also for battery life because the battery life is critical for these things. You know, where we put it, we put it on the line. Now we've we said it. You know, if you have up to twenty alerts per day, which is pretty excessive. Um, you will actually get longer than 12 months out of the battery you know that's and that's running 24 hours a day so um it has sort of fairly high level intelligence where it'll actually switch itself into a sleep mode um whilst it's not detecting so it's always it's always looking but it's not the microprocessor shuts down so basically there's mm. 
there's two parts of the circuit that actually make it operate, um, which differentiates that from anything else in the world at the moment. So, and it also extends the battery life by, you know, tenfold. Yeah, brilliant. That's it. And one, one other function that we do have on there, um, which we, we've had a version out before and there's some work being done on a new version is uh, connecting that to Bluetooth devices. So ultimately, and that's particularly for industry where they may want to have that sensor then connected to uh, a, a central controller or a database or again, supervising notifications. So that's something that we, we do have and there's a new version of that coming soon. Yeah, so there's uh, there's a build on capabilities there to suit suit what the requirement is from from the end user, mm. you know. Absolutely. So it's great that not only are you offering solutions to the market, but they're solutions that are adaptable to specific works within industry. Um, yeah. And, it, and and that's once again game changing, you know. And fear of repeating myself. So yeah. we've got uh, the gas, the wearables. We've also got. The safeguard for the EWP for the you know uh, the EWP boom scissor lift market as well. Absolutely. So yeah. this is this is a uh, a pretty special product. Uh, this is this is quite this is one of my favourites. It's one that I, I push a lot, and it's it's one that I go on about a lot, even to the guys that have told me, okay, enough, and I just keep on pushing it. Yeah. yeah, it'd be enough yeah, when they well, start fitting it, then I can shut up about it. Exactly, yeah. So it's, it's another one of those ones that's been uh, uh, driven by essentially market demand or the fact that people keep injuring and killing themselves uh, on on work sites. So uh, the, a little bit of the story behind um, Safeguard is uh, uh, as we sort of grew as a company and started putting our Go Up Safely solution out around industry, we were approached by a, uh, a Perth mining technology company, MineTech, uh, who had developed the original version of Safeguard several years before. Uh, and they had seen what we developed with, with Go Up Safely and said, we'd like you to you know, work with us to, to put this product to, together as a, as a industry ready product rather than the, the mining specific customized one they were doing mm. at the time. So uh, we looked at that and we said, yeah, well, not only can we do that, but we can actually combine that in with our guard safety system. So now what we have is not only the safeguard product, but uh, what we call gust guard, which has both high voltage detection and crush protection all in the one solution. So, uh, yeah, so essentially that takes care of two of the three biggest risks with EWP, uh, boom and scissor lift use, uh, which is crush uh, high voltage power contact, uh, the third one being falls. Um, but two of those three we uh, we take care of with the one solution. Brilliant. Simply brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Easy to use, easy to operate. Um, yeah. Again, what, what other components is somebody rings and says, hey, Shane, I want you to tell me what a, what, what a, a gas guard is. What does it look like? And what do I get? Absolutely. So uh, the key part with that being the uh, the safeguard uh, sensor, which is essentially a uh, about 150 millimeter uh, sensor device, which goes in the corner of the uh, basket. Uh, for a boom lift, you put it in your rear two corners. So facing the back two corners, the operator can't see when they're operating the controls. Uh, on some of your larger scissor lifts you put one in each corner 
uh, and then that has three sensors in each one, one which is looking vertical and two which are looking on your two horizontal axes looking out from the basket. So it's looking for solid objects around the machine. Uh, so whether it be roof structure, you know, structural beams, pipes, whatever that, that you may get entangled in as you're, you're manoeuvring the machine around. Uh, and then it provides those with a uh, graduated indication. So it says how close they are. Uh, it's got lights and an alarm that, that pair up with those. So as you're approaching a, an object, the same as, as your, your car sensors, it'll tell you there's an object there and it'll start beeping and flashing more and saying you're getting closer. And ultimately, you'll get to a point where it'll actually stop the machine moving in that direction uh, until you acknowledge it. So acknowledging it is as simple as pressing the button or tapping on the sensor, and then the lights change colour. And while you're in that work zone, let's say you've gone up into the corner of a warehouse to change the light, you go up there, the machine stops, you uh, tap the sensor to acknowledge it. While you're in that corner, the system won't go off again. Uh, until you move out and away from that site again, and then the system will reset once it gets a certain distance away. Uh, so the scenario there being, let's say you're driving an EWP, you manoeuvre up into a corner, the system alarms and stops you, you turn around and let go of the controls, go to the corner where the crush risk is, you get to assess the location and then acknowledge it on the sensor, and then you can continue doing that job in that particular location without the system bothering you again. Yeah, and that eliminates the system from preventing you from getting into those tight accesses when needed. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But as I said, it, it makes the operator get away from the controls and actually look at what's going on uh, rather than just sitting there and continuing or having an override button on the control panel would be something, something we tried to get away from because it actually makes them turn around and be sure that they've actually seen what it is that's being detected. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. And so, this can yeah, be so retrofitted or anything into any EWP, sizzle lift, boom lift. Uh, basically, yeah. So we've, we've done quite a number of different EWPs that have been done, boom lifts, sizzle lifts, uh, even some of the more specialised booms that are around. Um, so uh, we've, we've done all those and, and most of them are a relatively simple fitment to be retrofitted. Um, we are working with several of the OEMs around having a solution, uh, having a solution as a uh, as an option that you can get with a new machine. Um, but still the biggest market we see is the, the retrofits. You know, globally there are over a million EWPs currently in the market uh, and uh, very few of those have any type of uh, safety system fitted uh, around crush protection. And, uh, and again, that's a complete wireless system too, isn't it? Absolutely. So that runs wirelessly back down to the same control interface module down in the bottom of the uh, machine. So you don't have to worry about running wires down the boom or doing any serious rewiring on the on the actual boom of the machine. It's simply a uh, power connection up in the basket and plugging the uh, control interface down in on the uh, in the engine bay. So the other advantage that that has is uh, using the same control interface. We can actually put several of the go-up safety sensors along the boom. Uh, so a number of uh, accidents which happen for high voltage contact with uh, EWPs is actually the, a power line hitting the boom while the operator in the basket is up above the power line working mm. on a building or, or whatever it is they're doing. Um, so in combination with the safeguard sensors and having the, the go-up safely high voltage sensors on the boom means you can 
completely protect that machine all the way from top to bottom. Yep. And look, everybody gets home safe then, don't they? You know, exactly. Yeah. Relatively small investment. Not only is your plant safe, you haven't got a massive insurance bill and mm -hmm. you don't have to attend somebody's funeral. You know, yeah. it's a tick in every box. But so where where do you see the development of protective innovations from now? So we've got the Gus 2. Uh, is there, there other things you'd like to see come in on the market? Is there other ideas, obviously without giving away trade secrets, but is there is there stuff in the pipeline that, you know, hey, think of us when you see this or, or you know? Yeah, absolutely. So we'd have, um, and we now have a pretty serious roadmap over the next few years with more functionality we're adding to our systems. Um, we're going to have a, a a new system type that's going to be announced in the next few months, um, and we'll be sure to point that out uh, when it's uh, when that gets announced and released. Um, but uh, then beyond that, we've got uh, uh, more more detection technology which is coming on, which is going to add some further further capability to the GARP safety system. Uh, we've got some other additional safety functions that we're looking at adding to the system. Still using the same control interface, but trying to get as or trying to solve as many risks as we can uh, with mm. the one solution. Uh, and so, as I said, that's probably the next three years of development we have mapped out. Um, we've got a team of engineers uh, down the down the back here in our building that uh, they've got their work cut out for them for the next mm -hmm. few years. Yeah. Uh, and so, we're looking to continue to develop those and improve them as as we go along. Mm. Um, and as I said, the other one is uh, is further partnerships so we have several OEMs that we uh, we work with quite closely at the moment uh, we've got a few more coming on board in the in the near future so I think developing that uh, model where ultimately we want uh, people to be able to buy this with whatever machine it is that they yeah. uh, they pick up and they get it new um, yeah so have the, the retrofit market for what's existing um, but really when you go and buy a new machine uh, being able to tick all of the safety options that you want uh, and have all of it included is a, is a, is a really big thing. Yeah, it's a massive bonus, massive bonus. Well, thank you, gentlemen. It's been an absolute pleasure this afternoon. And, and as always, Crane Safety Products uh, really, really values you guys as a vendor. And, and we're starting to turn heads. We're starting to get really noticed in the market. Uh, we've got some major infrastructure um, projects, uh, asking questions, and we're going backwards and forwards, playing a bit of sales tennis at the moment. But you know, uh, it's 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 coming it's coming ahead well, and um, you know, th there's no doubt about it. If if you want a safe team, you should have the the protective innovations uh, product on your machine. It's as simple as that. You know, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm a huge fan, and I'm a big believer in it. And uh, yeah, so. You know, Australian-made product, Australian-owned and managed business. Yeah, there's not not any box, or if at any, that that you guys don't put a tick in, as far as I'm concerned. Thanks very much, Steve. It's, it's, yeah, it's uh, really great, and it's you know, obviously great working with with yourself as well, um, and uh, and certainly working with the with the industry has been. Uh, it's been really positive over the last few years, and they say great to uh, to get a lot of these big projects that we're now starting to get involved in, um, and start changing a bit of the industry perception. And 
ultimately we want to push it towards uh, every every machine that we can to have some sort of uh, engineered safety solution. Ultimately, if that's ours or if it's something else that works really well, that's uh, you know we we just want to see everyone go home safely uh, and and the number of the accidents to reduce. Mm. So that's really really good. You know, yeah. My my goal is is to do as much as I can to make it a household name. And I don't think it'll be that long in, until it is, until everybody knows the Gus, the safeguard, the wearables. But, yeah. Yeah. Okay, General, well, thank you very much. And I really appreciate your time this afternoon. And, um, yeah, until next time, uh, stay safe. No worries, mate. Take care, mate. Have a good night. And once again, a big thank you to you for listening to this podcast. But more importantly, thanks to the guys from Protective Innovations, Carl. Shane and uh, JJ behind the works, behind the scenes, uh, for bringing us such a great Aussie product that keeps us safe around high voltage electrical. Uh, on a side note, uh, for anything protective innovations, the entire range and much more is available at Crane Safety Products. CraneSafetyProducts.com.au. And once again, until next time, that's Behind the Hook. Thank you for listening.